Hey, 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 you guys. Thank you guys so much for supporting me here on Black Canvas on season seven. We have a very special guest, Mr. Joshua Bright. He is a musician. He has a lot of talent and I wanted him to actually introduce himself, which I've been trying to do that a little differently with some of our guests to allow them to do almost like their own bio. So Josh, if you're ready, if you can tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Hello. Thanks for having me. Um, I am Joshua Bright, a singer, songwriter. Um, now I like to kind of refer myself uh, as a composer. Sometimes um, lead singer of Man Like Machine and Plant Sounds, my two uh, babies that I've dedicated my entire life to. And um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> i love that and so josh has an amazing talent you guys and we're going to talk about some of his music toward the end but i came up with some questions josh that i thought would be really fun and i wanted you just to give me your first reaction and response to each question so if you're ready i'm going to ask you some leading questions and i just want you just to be as honest as you can and we'll have fun with it okay Okay, sounds good. All right, so the first question I'm going to throw you off. Let's go to Fast Ride. So if anyone in your family could give a description of your personality and match it with a car, what would they choose and why? <laughs> they would probably choose an old uh, station wagon. <laughs> old. Why would they choose a station <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always like the wood paneling. A uh, funny story about uh, cars in my family is that me and none of my siblings uh, learned how to drive or got our license. It's a long story, but uh, <laughs> but uh, one of us, the oldest, my oldest brother, Donato, he um, was learning how to drive on his 16th birthday. And uh, he smashed my mom's car into the hotel we were staying at. And all of us kind of like just were so shocked from that. I guess we never learned how to drive because of it. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, sometimes traumas, people don't understand when you experience certain things that definitely can trigger you. I, I remember when I was younger, I got in a really bad car accident and um, we got caught underneath the 18 wheeler and that just scared the living. Wow. Yeah, it was. That is scary. National Lampoons. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so what happened was we were actually, uh, my mom was bringing us to school, and this 18-wheeler um, was in the left lane, and they were making a sharp right turn. So they didn't see us right there on the right mm. side, and the guy just pulled over and just hit us. And I was like, oh, my God. And I just never forget that moment. It was just such a rough experience, but... So even to this day, I'm very scared of like 18 wheelers, like being around them. I just cannot stand it. I just saw on a Instagram video of an 18 wheeler, like on a side of a cliff, like in some random country, just like trying to get around a mountain. So I never would want to be in there. Uh-uh. That's like final destination. Yeah. Six or seven. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So I got a a fun one for you. Little heart desires. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to little Joshua? I would say stay off um, the alcohol and the drugs. 
<laughs> Definitely. I would say focus all of your money and your time on the music and don't worry about the party. I think that's great advice for, for younger, our younger listeners to understand. Cause I think when we are younger, we just forget about a lot of experiences and our brain hasn't fully developed to understand what we're doing. So I think that's sage advice of hey, staying away from something that can kind of alter my thinking, but also that, that yeah. changes your, it can change your personality to be honest. Like if you're using excessively, you sometimes ain't like the person you're seeing because you're not who you authentically are um, under the influence. Yep. So I think that's great advice. Yeah. And you get half the energy. Um, another thing I would say is uh, don't worry about anyone helping you. Don't expect anyone to come out of and help you and uh, do, do it all yourself as much as you can, you know, get a team together, whatever of musicians, if you're an artist, um, people you like to work with, and just like focus all of your energy on like making it as good as possible on your own without another producer, without, without, uh, without a agent and, uh, just keep going. Cause I've, I've had so many, um, like I've had a crazy wild ride and, uh, I just wish I stayed as focused as I am now and as I've been in the past, like the whole time, because it would have been a lot better, I guess. <laughs> but I have no regrets. But it's if I could tell my younger self something, it would be like, you know, go really hard and don't worry about like other people helping you. I think that's that's great advice as well, because sometimes we expect other people to do things for us and they don't live up to our expectations. Or there's some people, especially in the industry that will take advantage of someone who maybe is not well versed with knowing how to read contracts and understand, you know, what's going on. So I think that's a great advice. I like that. Thank you. (laughs) All right. You ready for the next one? For sure. Slow dance alone. So what is one thing that you love to do alone that helps keep you centered and grounded? Absolutely. Uh, making music and writing um that's what i'm mainly doing all day long is uh either coming up with a new sound that i want to make a song with or just working on a a new song or working on an old song it's just definitely uh as long as i'm doing that i'm feeling pretty good because then i'm not thinking you know right and then you're able to kind of recenter yourself. Like you said, if it's a song that you've already done or you're remixing it or you're maybe adding different chords or different progressions or having other people to listen back to it and give you feedback, then you can make it the best project that you want out there. So I think that's that's a great way of looking at it. Like if I'm alone, I can kind of think to myself, listen to playback, you know, um, and be able to release something that I feel comfortable releasing at that time. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, songs are uh, are definitely portals. Like, uh, I recently released a bunch of old demos that I had to, like, you know, painfully listen back to for the first time in a while and mix and uh, just be okay with it because it is what it is. And um, 
and but like you know it's it's it really uh brings back all the memories like you you it's like you're back in the room where you recorded it so it's pretty intense <laughs> at times <laughs> and i don't smoke cigarettes anymore so or i try not to smoke cigarettes anymore and um so i don't really have that as a go to but i do smoke weed so <laughs> that's kind of mellows me out Okay. Now I do want to say something that's really funny. Like when I listen back to some of my old episodes of um, Black Canvas, I'm like, what was going on? Like, cause you could tell the, you're like, I was really nervous in the beginning of it. And then I can tell now when I'm interviewing other people that it's just a different quality for me where I'm actually, I don't second guess myself. And the great thing is like now I talk yeah. to different people who have different experiences and this may be someone's first podcast when I interview them. So I always try to make them feel comfortable because I remember how I felt the first time. And I'm like, hey, if I can just give them at least 10% of what I gave myself and they just be able to help guide you through it, then I feel like we can still have an amazing interview. So I look at it like, hey, sometimes I hate listening back, like you say, with your music, because you're like, wow, I sound like this or this is what I said. But it's just that's where I was at at that time. And I think with, with time and progression, you just really start to hone in and how, what kind of you know message you want to portray but also how you want people to listen to it based on how your experiences for sure yeah and accepting yourself really like being a young like kid in his early 20s like you know i'm it's just it's a lot easier to accept things when you get older <laughs> like well, I, I can't relate to the 20s part, but I love that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm in, my, I'm in my 30s, so I totally understand. Like, Well, I'm in, no, I, I'm just saying uh, when I was in my early 20s, like listening back to those those demos from 10 years ago, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you mean. I was just making a, a joke on that because I'm like, I, I, trust <laughs> me, I wish I could go back to my 20s. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, I got a fun one for you. So reach for the stars. So what has been one of your biggest accomplishments thus far in your career? And is there a specific goal that you listed for 2022 that you're close to obtaining that you would like to share with us? Okay. Um, probably the best, most exciting thing. I mean, getting played on the radio for the first time was exciting um, back in the day. And then... Recently, Man Like Machine, my band, um, we played, well, it's not recently, but right before COVID, we played the final show at the Trocadero in uh, Philadelphia. Trocadero. Um, and that was pretty awesome because there was like 1,200 people there. And, uh, and you know, we were open up for some band Stabbing Westward, this 90s industrial uh, metal band. And uh, it was like a dream come true, actually, <laughs> playing that stage. And uh, it was so we got the gig and I don't think it was planned to be sold out at first, but they announced that it was, the, the doors were closing of this like theater that's been there for 100 years plus. And uh, so we were playing the final show there and uh, it became such a big deal that they sold out so it was really amazing 
Wow, that's congratulations on that. That's huge. Thanks. I mean, that was the last show Man Like Machine played in 2019. Uh, but yeah, because COVID hit right after. So we had to cancel some shows. And uh, that was it. <laughs> but you're talking about ending out that year on a bang. I think that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a great way to. Uh, remember how it is to play a live show i've only played like small acoustic shows in la and and around but uh i haven't played philly since well i want you to just say yet that's one of those things where things are turning around and you never know you might have a bigger crowd and you know a bigger following before you know it so i always say you know when we reach certain pinnacles of success that we still have another realm to still get to we just have to just believe and receive oh for sure for sure and and my goal I, my band plan sounds i'm hoping that we go platinum this year <laughs> on stream so i mean it's a big goal but i'm sure we're around like a hundred thousand uh streams on our new album right now but it only takes a few tweets from somebody <laughs> i'm constantly dming uh famous people on instagram so you never know you never know. I'm, I'm telling you, like, all it takes is that one time and one person to pick it up. Or maybe it becomes a viral video with something and someone actually uses your music in the background. You just never know. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it, making the music is the best part and sharing it um, with everyone is just, like, really exciting. So, you know, uh, there's there's an old saying where there's always someone that's, you know, meant to be listening to your music at some point. So it is what it is. That's right. Okay, you ready for the next one? For sure. <laughs> All right, we are the lost. So can you tell us your definition of being lost and how have you been able to find your direction in music and pave a unique, a unique path that helps you stand out amongst other mainstream artists? Um... I feel like there's so many levels of being lost, um, whether it's uh, from um, addictions or, or I'll go as far as saying religions, I think, or even people that just don't believe in anything. Um, there's all kinds of uh, ways to get lost. And, uh, but I think when I was writing that song, um, I was definitely focused on uh, my personal life at that time and uh, coming from a family that was like kicked out of church at a young age. Um, it was definitely uh, something that was always on my mind. And, uh, but anyway, um, I digress. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, the first part you answered the being lost, but the second part was how have you been able to find your direction in music and pave a unique path that helps you stand out amongst other mainstream artists? I like to study different decades and um, always listen to what's out. I, I'm obsessed with pop music and what other people are listening to. I always uh, like to check out because... I'm trying to at least match quality when it comes to um, sound. Um, 
But uh, I don't know. I listen to a lot of classical music as well to uh, escape. Um, and I don't know. Music has changed. I mean, everything's available now. It's uh, it's an exciting time for music. Uh, analog machines that used to be thousands of dollars are are being remade at a hundred bucks a pop. And it's just a really exciting time to record at home because of uh, all the innovations from like UAD and Pro Tools. So like, I mean, we used to like drag our gear to the studio every single day and um, like record on a console that would break down every week <laughs> and has to get fixed. So uh, it's pretty amazing now I can wake up in the morning and like, have an emulation of that console at my fingertips. And then my band's, my band has the exact same setup in their house. And then we can make a brand new song from across the country. It's pretty cool. So I don't know. That's, I guess my answer. <laughs> but I like that as well. I feel like that's another great quality with COVID, like for a lot of people being able to reach out, from different countries and share music. I had a guest that I had spoken to, Mika Miller, and she is amazing. She's from the UK. And when I did the interview with her, she had mentioned about how she had talked to different musicians from other, um, from across the world who were sending her actual like demos and, and, you know, backing tracks. And then she was still able to record music, but being able to reach out to someone from so far away from across the pond and being able to still be able to release music in a time where people really struggle with releasing music. I think that's great. And it goes back to, um, as artists, you have to be creative and innovative and, and find a way to still connect with your fans, but also still be your, your true self. And I feel like you said, like with Pro Tools and all these different um, ways that people can use things to record, I think that just keeps you on your toes, but it also helps people to understand um, how marketing plays a huge role in music and just timing. Like even when you release a song, um, I, I know I use an example like Beyonce, of course, just released her new song and, and she has such power that she can just really just say, hey, I'm getting ready to release a CD and people are going to just go in droves to buy and support. And that just goes back to she knows how to market herself and she knows the right time to do it, um, especially with Juneteenth just happening and and it was just a great time for her she's socially conscious about what's going on around the world and so i think that's one thing joshua i would say one good piece of advice is knowing when is the right time to do something um also just knowing your audience and what they're needing and then being confident when you release it that it's gonna do what it needs to do oh absolutely yeah I mean, she has a huge audience. She does. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Me and Beyonce uh, in the same conversation is pretty cool. But, but you know, I'd love to write a song with her someday. So, <laughs> I mean, but it's one of those things you never know. And that's one thing about life. We never know where we're going to end up. And it's about believing and receiving those messages. And then just also, it's not about just the artist. I think when we think of Beyonce, she had to go through a lot of struggles to get to where she is now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I always say like all all the people that you see in the red carpet at some point like work. I mean, they're hustlers. 
all day long, you know, and a lot of them are really talented and know how to do everything themselves. And, you know, that's what it takes. So, you know, I, I, I made a mistake by, by working solely on music on digital recorders and uh, tape machines and things that didn't sound as good as uh, things that didn't make my music sound as good as it, as it could have. And um, it was me being like, you know, uh, a poor, uh, just a, you know, a broke artist and, and just trying my best with uh, the little money that I had. But if I could like go back and like learn Pro Tools 10 years ago, I definitely would. <laughs> Well, can I give you a tip? This might be something to think about. Like, I'll use um like JoJo and Taylor Swift as examples. Like when they, with their record labels and having to try to buy back their their records. And I remember when JoJo re-recorded her music. Of course, nothing ever sounds like the original. But when you can go back and re-record something and you can remix it however you choose, you might actually find some people out there who are willing to be a part of it and who can enhance the song. It's nothing wrong with the song. It's just that your quality can change based on how you have matured in life. And there might be something to think about. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, it's actually uh, what I'm, I'm working on right now. I'm working on some reprises of some already released songs. Uh, (laughs) So that's a EP that I actually have planned for this summer. A few songs that I've already recorded, like stampede and, uh, some uh, live releases. So it's actually exactly what I'm working on. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. What was, what was next for you and um, how can our listeners find you online? So can you tell us what do you have planned outside of just the EP? Is there anything else coming up soon? And then how can our listeners yeah. find you? Um, you could find me on. Um, all right. First, what I have coming up, my band man like machine we're about to release our first single in a in a few years it's called to the land of kings with blazing rockets and you can find us on instagram man like machine um that's next i have a a live album from 2011 i'm about to release uh in july for my solo side and then i have that ep planning for release August 26th and then uh, I have a, a brand new solo double album that is uh, being finished uh, slowly so I've kind of been focusing on that besides uh, the bands um, and that's about it you could find me on uh, Bandcamp Joshua Bright uh, dot bandcamp.com um, and that's about it <laughs> well I appreciate you Joshua for being on Black Canvas I really love not only getting to know more about your story but having you to kind of talk about the struggles you've gone through and how you still persevered and I just want you to keep on doing what you're doing and focusing on yourself and I think that you have a bright future for sure thank you so much thanks for having me man 
Oh, absolutely. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, we thank you, Joshua, for being on the show. And I hope that you have a great rest of your evening. Yes, you too, man. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm not afraid.